are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. This is your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. It's episode three this week of five, downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to LOE on any podcast platform. That can be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, you name it, we are available, posting five Eagles podcast a week. What other platform out there is doing that? None. Five episodes a week downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles. This week so far, we did Mock Draft Monday, Episode 4. Me and Gino traded up to get the Eagles quarterback of the future. Who was that player? What did we give up? Not going to tell you. Got to go check out that episode if you haven't already. And then yesterday, I was locked on Marcus Mariota. No, that was not a 2015 podcast that was posted in 2021. I recorded that yesterday because there is some reported interest between the Eagles and Mariota. If the Las Vegas Raiders do trade him or release him, and if, of course, Philadelphia does not plan on taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft, Marcus Mariota could be that plan B if Jalen Hurts does not pan out in the 2021 season. Coming up in today's edition of the show, a bunch of headlines to get into from Wednesday News, Brandon Graham, contract restructure, the Eagles are proposing some fun rule changes to the NFL, and also, this was the sixth year anniversary of the LaShawn McCoy-Kiko Alonso trade, so we're going to reminisce and take a trip down memory lane later on on today's edition of the show, but first, let's get into that first report from Derek Gunn, formerly of NBC Philadelphia, that says Brandon Graham has restructured his deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. So there aren't specific details yet, but it sounds like an extension is there or coming that provides some salary cap relief for the Eagles in 2021. And look, I love this. I want to see Brandon Graham retire as an Eagle. I mean, he made the biggest play in franchise history against the GOAT, strip-sacking the greatest quarterback of all time to win the Eagles' first and only Super Bowl title. I mean, to see him come from where he started in 2010 up until this point where last year he made his first Pro Bowl ever, I mean, he's a legend. I don't know if they'll ever retire number 55, but he's going to be a part of this organization for a long time. Even after he retires, I think he could either be a coach, a front office member. You see Connor Barwin doing that, Brent Selleck, Darren Sproles. Maybe he works in the front office, the coaching staff, but I want BG in Philadelphia throughout his entire career. And look, I know a lot of people are saying, okay, this is rebuild mode time, so get rid of all the veterans, right? Trade Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, let Deshaun Jackson go as Philadelphia did, Alshon Jeffrey. And while I do agree that you should get rid of a lot of those older players that have high salary cap hits and aren't really lining up with your current timeline of when you can contend, that also doesn't mean that a rebuild doesn't require any sort of veteran presence on the roster. That doesn't mean that just because you're rebuilding, you don't have any veterans. You're not going to win a championship with 23-year-olds across the board. Look at the Cleveland Browns just a couple years ago. And I'm not some guy that says build your roster through old players either. you got to have that balance that I thought the Eagles had in 2017. They got 
contributions from veterans like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters, but also young players like Carson Wentz having an MVP season in year number two and a rookie running back and Corey Clement had 100 yards in the Super Bowl and a young Nelson Aguilar was one of the best deep threats in football throughout the entirety of the season and Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby as young cornerbacks. There was a balance there. Um, and so that's the same thing here. If you're going to rebuild, yeah, you got to do it through young and expensive talent that are on these rookie contracts, but you do still need veterans. Rebuilds in the NFL should not take 10 years, right? This isn't the NHL. This isn't the NBA where the New York Knicks took 10 years to get back to even some sort of relevancy that they are right now in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. So while, yeah, maybe if you have like a 37-year-old veteran on a $13 million cap hit, yeah, you move on from that player. You move on from an Alshon Jeffrey or a Deshaun Jackson. That just doesn't make any sense. But when you have a pass rusher, that's a very important position, a pass rusher that's coming off his first Pro Bowl year ever, that's still elite, at what he does, he's one of the most efficient pass rushers still in football, you don't get rid of that. Because again, yes, this is a rebuild for the Eagles, but is the rebuild going to take five plus years? I don't think so. It didn't in 2015 when they fired Chip Kelly. It only took two years to win a Super Bowl when they started that rebuild up. So I think Brandon Graham will still be a good player, hopefully, when Philadelphia is ready to contend once again, once that contention window opens back up, I still think BG will be a player here. It's a position, pass rusher, where you see a lot of guys go late into their 30s and they're still contributing. Demarcus Ware with the Denver Broncos, Dwight Freeney bouncing around with the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and I think it was the Arizona Cardinals as well, Terrell Suggs with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Arizona Cardinals. So I still think Brandon Graham is going to be important to this team when they are ready to contend. And again, it's, it's, you, I don't think it's going to take 10 years. The Eagles have a long way to go, but I would hope it doesn't take four-plus seasons to rebuild. It didn't last time. And again, you need veterans to win. Balance is everything. You don't want to go too old on the roster, but you also don't want to go too young. Again, the Cleveland Browns a couple years ago had so much talent on that team, but they bombed out because nobody had experience doing anything. Everybody was 25 years old or younger. So I think the rebuild isn't going to take, I mean, it shouldn't take as long as some people are thinking. The one key to speeding up the process is by finding the quarterback. That's what Carson Wentz did. It's why, after Wentz took that step in 2017, Howie Roseman went all in on building around him with veteran-proven talent because once you have that key piece of the rebuild ready, you don't really have to take the long path anymore. You can kind of take a shortcut because the quarterback elevates everything around him. You might as well maximize that player by getting in players that are more ready. And so if you do that again, if Jalen Hurts becomes an absolute star, or if you know Zach Wilson is that for the Eagles, or Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, then this is not going to take five plus years to rebuild. And so I'm glad that Brandon Graham is going to restructure his deal and stay a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL might be over, but you've still got the NBA right now, college basketball, and the NHL all in full swing. And guess what? BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and my favorite, reality TV. I'm just kidding. Low-key kind of, though, because uh, I do like The Bachelor. 
Don't tell anybody, but I'm kind of a viewer of The Bachelor. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, welcome back into this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase riding solo again for the second time this week. Gino's been a little bit busy with some scouting stuff, so uh, he will be back on the show tomorrow. So another thing that I want to get into here, obviously segment one, we talked about Brandon Graham and how he's going to restructure his deal so he can stay a member of the Eagles. He wants to be with this team throughout the entirety of his career, and I love that. I admire that even through another rebuild, and he's been through multiple ones now, right? He saw the collapse of the Andy Reid era after the Dream Team phase that was a nightmare. Then the Chip Kelly era where he got moved to the 3-4 outside linebacker position where he's dropping back in coverage. And now this one, this is the fourth regime that BG is a part of. And so I admire that he still wants to be a part of this team. He is, you know, he bleeds green almost as much as anybody in the city of Philadelphia. So I love that he's going to become a member of the Eagles, I think, for the entirety of his career. The Eagles are busy as well proposing rules to the NFL, some fun rules to the No Fun League. And they've been trying because we obviously have the league meetings coming up soon where the rule changes are going to be made, right? The springtime right now, free agency is coming up soon, the draft. This is when things get done in the offseason for the NFL. And the Eagles for years now have been trying to get two things passed specifically through the NFL rulebook. And they haven't had much luck, but they're making progress. It feels like each year they're getting a little bit closer to getting these things done. Number one, an onside kick alternative. And this year they're proposing this once again, that instead of kicking an onside kick to try to get the ball back, you can go for a 4th and fifteen. Last year, it did not pass, but the vote was 16-16, to so it was split right down the middle. There is at least 50% of the league that wanted this. It could pass through this offseason, and that, to me, is awesome because onside kicks have, like, what, a 1% chance of a, of a conversion rate? 1%? Maybe that's being giving them too much credit for that play? It's, it's a useless play that rarely ever works, and so, look, I know 4th and 15, I don't want the percentage chance of conversion to be 1%, but I also don't want it to be like 60%, you know, 50 to 60% either. Not saying that that's what a 4th and 15 would be, but I don't know, is a 4th and 15 too easy for Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers to get the ball back? It might be. Me, if it was me, I want 4th and 20 or more. You know, give me, uh, because I want there to be a chance for a team to get the ball back, but I I think a 4th and 15 might be... I think that might be too easy. 4th and 20, 4th and 25, maybe 4th and 26 for uh, Donovan McNabb and Freddie Mitchell since the Eagles proposed this. That'd be kind of cool if that was the rule. In honor of the Birds, it was 4th and 26. I think, yeah, while a 4th and 26 is all kind of a Hail Mary play, you have a better chance at converting that than an onside kick. So that would be my idea to try to meet in the middle here. But either way, look, if it comes down to you either get a 4th and 15 option or it sticks with just the onside, then I'll take the 4th and 15. Because again, having an onside kick is the only way to get the ball back is dumb because it's just a crapshoot play where you can rarely get anything done. But I do think this rule change will get done, and I love that the Eagles are leading the charge this way. And they're also leading the charge in... 
the one rule that I've been infatuated with for a couple years now, and it's the one helmet rule. Because the, the NFL right now, for people that don't know, players only get one helmet a year. And so you cannot have players have multiple helmets. This, for some reason, has to do with concussions. The logic, to me, doesn't really make much sense because if a player gets traded, i.e., let's say, Golden Tate in 2018 gets traded from the Lions to the Eagles, he doesn't bring his Lions helmet to the Birds. He gets a new helmet. So why, at the start of the league year, when you fit players for their new helmets, why don't you fit them twice for two separate helmets? And in that way, you can then have multiple colored helmets for alternate jerseys, like the Kelly Green jersey. If the Eagles don't want to get rid of Midnight Green as the main jerseys, but they want to have Kelly Green as an alternate, you got to be able to have multiple helmets. Because right now, teams can change the logo decals on the helmet, but they cannot change the they cannot have a whole new helmet. So that's why you see like the Denver Broncos, for instance, when they wear those bright orange classic 1980s jerseys, the helmet, even though it's got the D logo with the Bronco inside the D, that helmet is still navy blue. It's not the bright royal blue. And that's because you cannot have multiple helmets. So it's their same helmet, just with the different logo, because you can change the stickers, but you cannot change the actual helmet. So the Eagles, for the past, I would say, three, four years now, have been proposing to the NFL to have a multiple helmet rule instead of the one-helmet policy they have right now. And it makes sense. It would be a revenue goldmine. Do you know how many people right now would buy a Jalen Hurts Kelly Green jersey or Miles Sanders or, man, right now there's not a lot of Eagles that you probably want to buy their jersey, but I think it would probably be Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, who knows, depending on if they draft a quarterback in the first round. But anyway, I mean, it's a, it's a revenue goldmine for a league that loves money. Could you imagine on Thursdays, instead of like, you know, the stupid color rush campaign, what if you did throwback night football, where every Thursday night, the game, that sometimes they're not as great, you can kind of overcompensate the bad quality of football by, you can mask that by having two teams look sick in their old vintage jerseys. That would be awesome, and I cannot believe it's 2021, and the NFL is not doing this yet. So the Eagles are kind of leading the charge on those two rule changes, and you're going to see the NFL address those this month, hopefully they get the job done. I hope they get passed because both of those proposals by the Birds are really fun. And Kelly Green jerseys need to come back. I don't want them as the main jersey. I want them in Midnight Green. That's what I grew up with. That's what they won a championship in. That's where they've been great. The Eagles, have they're in their history. They're amazing in Midnight Green. Kelly Green looks great, but they weren't really that good throughout their history with those jerseys. So I want them as an alternate to replace the black alternate jerseys. Give me Midnight Green and Kelly Green. It would uh, it would make this year a lot more fun because I don't know how good the Eagles are going to be. So in a rebuild year, if you can bring back Kelly Green, at least you're going to look good. You know that, that would be a nice change if we can get that done. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Eagles. It's sponsored today by the best-tasting protein bar out there at Built Bar. 18 amazing flavors, but the one I just cannot get over is the crunchy peanut butter. So normally I'm a big PB&J guy or peanut butter and fluff. I like the smooth peanut butter, but I like crunchy every so often. Built Bar has now a crunchy peanut butter Built Bar. 
and it tastes just like that. It's delicious, and it only has 180 calories and 19 grams of protein in every bar, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew, but again, now they have a different style with the peanut butter crunchy. So if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can find all their flavors, and you're going to get 20% off if you use our promo code LOCKEDON. 20. That's locked on 20. L O C K E D O N 20 for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Wednesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. Today actually marks the sixth year anniversary of the LaShawn McCoy Kiko Alonso trade between the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. This is one of those days, one of those moments that you remember where you were. You'll always remember where you were when that news broke, right? This happens when, you know, obviously the Eagles win the Super Bowl. When you heard the Eagles traded up to the second overall pick in 2016. You this you remember where you were when Deshaun Jackson got cut by the Eagles, by Chip Kelly, or when Donovan McNabb got traded, or when Carson Wentz got traded. The LaShawn McCoy trade, I think, is one of those moments. I'll always remember where I was. I was actually in my room. And it's really funny the trade broke that day because, and I kid you not, maybe five or ten minutes before that trade broke and I saw Adam Schefter tweet it out, I had called into Sports Radio 94 WIP and at the time it was the Josh Innes show. I don't know if anybody remembers Josh Innes, but he was the host of the afternoon show. And I had called in and this was right in the middle of the Mariota frenzy. Funny enough, because I know we talked about Mariota all day yesterday. Um, it was in March. It was around this, yeah, it was March 3rd. And so we were talking about how the Eagles trade up from 20 to 2 or 1 to get Marcus Mariota. I called in and said, why not use LaShawn McCoy as part of a package? Well, maybe 5 or 10 minutes later, the Eagles used LaShawn McCoy instead to get a linebacker <laughs> in Kiko Alonso. And Kiko Alonso, he had that one-handed interception on Monday Night Football Week 1 against Atlanta. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this trade was great. Kiko is a stud because he was really, really good his rookie year with Buffalo. I think he might have won Defensive Rookie of the Year coming out of Oregon. We got that one play, and that was it. So I think the Eagles lost the trade in a vacuum between because McCoy was great for Buffalo for three more years after that. However, if you want to look at it in a different way, I guess you could say the Eagles won the trade because Kiko Alonso was used as part of the trade-ups to get Carson Wentz. Remember, they traded Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to the Miami Dolphins with the 13th overall pick to get up from 13 to 8. And then they used the 8th overall pick to get to 2. So, as weird as it is, Kiko Alonso kind of helped you get Carson Wentz. So does that mean they won this trade? Kiko was terrible, so in a vacuum I'd say no. But as ridiculous as it sounds, Kiko helped you get your franchise quarterback that helped you win a championship. So in that way, um, I guess you could say the Eagles did win the trade. But, man, that was six years ago. A lot has changed. You know, the NFL really does stand for, you know, not for long for a reason. Louis DiBiase signing off. This has been the Locked On Eagles podcast, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the show on any platform for five Eagles podcasts a week downloaded into your phone. And we're always talking birds on Twitter as well. Hit us up at Locked On Birds at DiBiase L O E. Gino will be back tomorrow. He's on Twitter right now at GC24 underscore football. Louis DiBiase here as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, birds.